Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jeff Kageris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. From the in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee, it's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome to As I See It. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris, and we're talking today about how we run the business and our aims and goals. We talked last time or in the past about the mission statement, how important it is for a business to have a mission statement. Ours happens to be we will protect, correct, and enhance eye health and vision by providing the highest level of care and compassion to patients. That's a great lofty goal that we aspire to. But then we need to ask our question of how we're going to get there. And that's where the goals come in. The goals for any organization may be a little bit broader and touch on certain of the segments that we are um, supporting. In our case, the, we have five main important goals. We reiterate this to our staff as Yes, the mission is vitally important, but our top goal is number one, the patient's needs are our top priority. What that means is if there is a conflict between, hey, this is good for the business, hey, it's good for the patient, uh, we're going to err on the side of what's good for the patient. And that's reiterated in the way that we manage our staff. When in a situation that there seems to be some sort of a conflict, could be an insurance issue, et cetera, always err on the side of the patient. Now, there aren't very many of those conflicts because generally, it if we follow what's good for the patient, what the patient wants, it's good for our business long-term also. So we always want to treat patients right. But it is important that I think business owners and leaders cast a very specific and recurring message of the customer comes first. That does not mean that the customer or the patient is always right. And it also doesn't mean that, you know, the old adage of, uh, well, the customer is always right. I don't think so. Uh, most of the time, yes, uh, especially if we're listening. Occasionally, the customer is not right, but we do treat you like you're right, and that's important and authentic. We may say, that's a great idea, but I can't do that. However, this is what I can do based upon your insurance standards, et cetera. So we're going to educate even if the customer might not be right occasionally. Most of the time, you as a patient, in fact, are directly correct. Number two goal. So first goal was patients are the top priority, patient needs. Number two, our staff environment encourages growth and creativity and rewards contributions. You can't really provide great service and an experience to patients if your staff's not happy and enjoys working, being where they are, and feeling like they contribute. So we try to encourage that in a number of ways. But that starts with having the goal that says, hey, before you even start, we want you to grow. 
we want you to be creative and come up with better ways for us to do what we're doing. And number three, we're going to reward those contributions. So those rewards may be in your growth, in your position, growth in your responsibilities, growth in your pay, growth in your benefits, taking on more challenges. But there's always an opportunity for somebody at this organization to improve and grow. Nobody should be here and say, well, this is just a job. Isn't it true in most, most businesses, you want to try to move your people from thinking, well, this is just a job, to this is really my profession. This is what I do. This is what I can do. And there are a lot of opportunities for me to get better in the area that I practice now or even to move over to other areas and learn those. And that's an important aspect, and we put that as our number two goal. These are not necessarily in order. These are just um, the five most important segments that support our mission. Number three is we promote optometry and ophthalmology as a united force in managing eye disease. It's an unfortunate thing, but in eye care, sometimes optometrists and ophthalmologists don't get along. And this goes way, way back to the 80s, certainly the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and it's based upon economic fights. You know, I mean, you need eye care. You need to be able to pick the best doctor that you can, the one that meshes with you best, that cares about you the most, that's going to manage your eye issues preventatively and eye health and even disorder issues the best. And and both optometry and ophthalmology can do that well. Ophthalmology is a surgical subspecialty. So if you need cataract surgery, I'm not going to do it. Our surgeon is. We're going to bring that to you. But I'm not going to do it. But in a lot of situations, you don't see optometrists and ophthalmologists together. And so there is some level of battling for who should you go see. And ophthalmologists, therefore, say, oh, you need to come see me. And optometrists say, hey, you need to come see me. And they may fight a little bit. We think that's a bunch of hogwash. I think there are plenty of patients, and we have a higher goal And that is to try to make sure that people understand the importance of eye care, both in their children, in themselves, and in their parents, spouses, loved ones. And whether you go see an optometrist or an ophthalmologist, I think it's more about the singer than the song. So get eye care. Pick your best. We are a practice that promotes the patient is served best when optometry and ophthalmology work together. We each have our separate roles, but we combine together to provide better care for the patients. We work very, very closely with our ophthalmologic colleagues, both in the office, our surgeon, as well as with retinal practices if we need injections for macular degeneration. And so it's no different than going to your general physician. I, as your optometrist and my partners, are your primary eye care practitioners. If we need a specialist, We're going to send you to a specialist, and that specialist is going to treat that particular area. From from our standpoint, that's usually a laser or surgical care. But we're going to continue to manage all aspects of your eye health. So to do that in conflict with another practitioner doesn't benefit the patient. We think the patient benefits most when optometry and ophthalmology work together, and that's the way it should be, and we espouse that as one of our goals that supports the mission. We also will contribute and give back to the community in which we live and practice. I think we've put that as not only important in our goals, but when we talk about what what we call a value compass or our balanced compass, which came out of Dartmouth, 
and their microsystems program and the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, kind of how do you evaluate a healthcare organization, not upon, among one domain, but many domains with, for us, clinical outcomes, patient satisfaction, staff satisfaction, referring doctor satisfaction, and then, of course, the numbers and the dollars because we're running a business. All of those are our value compass, but we have now placed in the center of that value compass community involvement because it's no good to be a practice in a community that supports the community or more importantly has the community support you and then not be involved. So we're very, very intentional and conscious about how we're involved in the community, supporting eye care, supporting community activities, also supporting, for instance, Columbia State. I'm on the board of uh, the foundation for Columbia State. Um, I have a big passion for education And so that's a community involvement that I think is extremely important. And so we try to support those other uh, entities in the community. I think that's important for all businesses to really ask yourself a deep question, and that is, well, I I say I'm involved in the community, but show me how. For us, whether it's Meals on Wheels or supporting retirement centers or senior centers or doing screenings in schools or teaching kids how to operate and dissect an eyeball. It could be a whole number of things or whether we send our money to Bridges of and support Bridges, uh, the domestic violence center. There are just a number of ways, but our staff ought to be able to consciously say, here's how we are involved in the community. Our goal, as a matter of fact, is to have more than 50% of our staff, and we have a pretty large staff, involved in some community activities outside or involved with our practice in this community that we serve. I think that's an important thing, and that's why it's one of the goals that supports our mission. Further, and this is on the personal side, number five is we expect all people to treat others with humility and respect, fostering fun, caring relationships. This is not a practice where you're going to get episodic care. Hey, thanks. Here's your care. Whether you come back or not, not important to us. Boy, that is not us. That may be some other places. We actually think care improves between doctors and patients as we generate more visits together. I start to get to know you. You start to get to know me. The more I understand about you, your family, your hobbies, your interests, your likes, your dislikes, the better I can understand how I can fit some of the available services or products in eye care to Again, going back to the mission, protect, correct, or enhance your eyesight and eye health. And that's a generative relationship. Our practice serves people and puts its stake in the ground on relationships more than it does on discounts, more than it does on having the most and latest and greatest uh, product innovation that you're ever going to see, which is going to be replaced next year by a new product innovation, which is going to replace the next year with another product innovation. No. Do we have updated technology? Yeah, I would put our technology, our equipment, as advanced as anybody in Middle Tennessee collectively, except for maybe Vanderbilt in their research department, because that's where they're always going to excel. I would put our efficiency and our pricing, which should be good value across a broad spectrum, depending upon what the patient wants, up with anybody. But are we going to always have the cheapest in town? No. 
And the reason for that is I philosophically don't believe that anybody deserves the cheapest. I believe that everybody deserves the best that they can have, both in their services but also in their products. There's always a value equation. How much do I want to spend? How much do I value this service or this product? And and therefore, what options do you have for me? But we're never going to cheapen that relationship by looking at somebody and going, oh, I'm going to show you the frames over here because this is what you need. We're not going to prejudge. Every single person comes in this office deserves to see and be treated as the best. And therefore, we're going to show you this is the best thing for your eyes. This is what we've prescribed. If we have to make adjustments based upon the frame, based upon the lenses to accommodate budgets, we certainly will do that. But that also means that our product and delivery of those is a generative relationship too. We know that. We keep that in mind. We remember you. We don't hire just somebody off the street and go, well, you're now an optician. Well, you're now a contact lens technician. We spend a great deal of time in training those people uh, to get to a very, very advanced level so that they can advise you. They can teach you. They can educate you. And you can educate them. And when that comes together, we have a good fostering of a, of a generative relationship. That's what we strive for in every different department of this eye care practice. Certainly, starting with and ending with the doctor care. So generative relationships are important to us. Long-term relationships are important to us. But guess what? We're not perfect, and neither are you. And that's okay. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. Occasionally, patients make mistakes. But you know what? Neither of us should beat up on the other one for it. We need to let each other know if that occurs, but we need to treat each other with humility, with compassion, with an understanding and a benefit of the doubt. And I always teach our staff to give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, that benefit of the doubt grows the more you have encountered us. Let's say we have 22 interactions over a five-year period with you in different areas of the practice. If we do a great job in 21 of those and then we screw up in one, well, 21 and one as a one-loss record is pretty good. You're probably going to give us the benefit of the doubt. If you're a new patient and we screw up the first time in two areas, you might not give us as much benefit of the doubt. But I do hope that you'll let me know. I do hope that you'll let us know. Because if that's the case, you can be certain that we're going to work on that and try to improve. That's what we mean when we say, hey, we want to foster fun, caring relationships. You should come to our office and say, those people are going to listen to me. If I have something that I want to rave about and tell them how great so-and-so did or this or that service or how great I get so many compliments on my frames, yeah, we want to hear that. You should feel good when you come to this office. You should see happy people. You should, be, you should feel happier when you leave. On the other hand, occasionally if we don't do as well, you need to let us know and know that we're going to listen to you and that it can still be a fun and good relationship even if we didn't meet your needs in that particular service. We will make it right. And the next time, I have a feeling we will meet those needs if not exceed them. And that's really about the generative fostering, fostering good relationships. This is not an office that's going to be stale either. You're not going to just hear quiet, classical music in the elevator music and no sound and no emotion and just go through the motions, if you will. Nope. We're going to kid with you. 
We're going to get to know you. We're going to smile. People are going to be positive. I want this practice and our practices and our businesses to be a positive light in your day. In fact, we tell the staff, try to do at least one great thing for somebody today. If we do that every day and we have 55 people, we have done 55 great things today. If you multiply that times 365, I don't know, but that's a really big number, 1,500. I don't know if I'm doing my math right. Uh, Maybe more than that. We're doing uh, probably (laughs) 15,000. We're doing a heck of a lot of really good things. And you know what? That fun, caring relationship and knowing that when you go home at the end of the day, you can look back and say, I did a lot of good things, but I know I did this one good thing for him or one good thing for her. That's got to make you feel really good about your job. And that's important to us. So we're never going to swear at you, and I don't expect you to swear at us. If you're going to swear at anybody, swear at me. Never swear at my staff. Never make my staff feel uncomfortable. I expect our staff to bend over backwards to meet or exceed your needs. But there is a point where they break, and I'm going to have their back. And you need to know that, and they need to know that. Most importantly, when you're running a business, uh, that's a – that's a fine line because you need to help your staff and your team to understand that they may meet with some resistance, but how do you handle that resistance? How do you overcome that? How do you talk with people uh, in, a, in a caring, and a positive way uh, and promote good eye health and vision care, even if, let's say, a patient doesn't necessarily understand why we need to do this test or that test? On the other hand, uh, when people have questions, uh, I expect people to come to us in the same manner, you know. I expect people to treat us with humility, with professionalism, and with respect. I never expect somebody to intentionally try to put down one of my staff members. Certainly that would be a career-threatening thing if one of my staff tried to do that to patients. And so on occasion, it's a end of the relationship for patients. Not very often, maybe a couple a year. But don't take advantage of staff just because you feel like you're superior. I'm saying this less to patients. I'm saying this more to business owners, that there does have to be a line that your team knows people cannot cross because you have to be able to support your team. That also helps to make it a fun, caring relationship and office environment. So we talked today about a simple concept, and that is you have a mission statement. Great. We talked before about how it's important that the mission must live Not just be writing on the wall, but where you can connect individuals' behaviors with what the mission statement is. When you made that recommendation, you are doing your job and a great job at helping to prevent that patient from having macular degeneration. Great job, Jane. In this case, today, we focused on the goals that support that mission, and we have five of those. If you're running a business and you have a mission statement, ask yourself, how do we achieve those? What are our goals and certain subsegments to support that mission. Once again, ours are five. Number one, the patient's needs are our top priority. Number two, our staff environment encourages growth and creativity and rewards contributions. Number three, we promote optometry and ophthalmology as a united force in managing eye disorders. Number four, we contribute and give back to the community in which we live and practice. And number five, We expect all people to treat others with humility and respect, fostering fun, caring relationships. 
I greatly enjoy taking care of you. I hope you greatly enjoy coming here, seeing me, my associate doctors, anybody on our staff, from Renee in the front office or Allie all the way to Dolly and Amy in the optical to Hannah in the front office, to Dr. Harris at our Donaldson office, to Ross and Stephanie in the optical. We're all here to serve you. And when we build those caring relationships and they generate an improvement over time, that's the type of care you deserve and the type of care we want to provide. Stay with me next week. We'll talk more about the business of eye care, eye services, eye experience, and service experiences in healthcare, and occasionally anything that I just want to talk about. From Cool Springs Eye Care and Donaldson Eye Care in Middle Tennessee, have a great week. This is As I See It.